0: having lots of epiphanies about Thomas tonight. And one is that he keeps having babies because he's trying to heal that baby in him that didn't that didn't get held enough by his father because he passed away. He died when he was two and a half. And since then, he never got held enough by his mother, grieving the loss of her husband, married a few years later, to a man who adopted her first two children Thomas and his brother Hans, it was only six and a half weeks when his father passed away. And he wasn't doing very much hugging either. His stepfather slash adopted father But know instead he was angry all the time. So one, Thomas is trying to heal his early, early childhood. He wants to keep holding these babies. And they're all boys. And you know, maybe that Maybe that was the reason they had a miscarriage with our daughter. Our son would have been a year and seven months, nine months, eight months, a year and eight months, almost nine when she was due to be born. Maybe that wouldn't have allowed Thomas to hold that baby boy for as long as he could to make sure that baby knew that baby was loved and that baby is our son. (gasps) Because now I'm the angry one that shows up. And the irony I felt like I needed to protect Blaze when he was still inside me. Thomas with his uncertainty and mine with mine. I had to protect him from Thomas and I had to protect him from me me not knowing what to do, me not knowing what was right, or what was better or best, and ultimately deciding that it was best to have my son, knowing I loved him so much. And if a woman has an abortion and she loves her baby, It's going to be a lot more difficult for her than it is for the woman who had an abortion and didn't already love her baby and no judgment, who knows why. Maybe something horrible happened and that's why she was pregnant. Maybe she's emotionally numb. Maybe she's scared of her parents or their religion. Maybe she's just scared. She feels alone. Whatever the reasons, I love you. And the people decide They're gonna have their baby, those women. I love you too. It's such a journey for however much you love or are unable to love your baby if you have an abortion. of the abortion and baby haver spectrum both ends are hurting all, of, all of the spectrum is hurting support and especially the time for ourselves to do it so that we can heal everyone stop being so busy all the time, relax sit still, do nothing sit and rest while you're still alive you don't have to hold it sitting and resting until you're, you're dead. You can sit and rest. And then those times when you start moving again, you'll feel even more alive because you'll do it more mindfully. You'll actually be present and actually be enjoying it in that moment instead of thinking about the next thing while you're doing the current fun thing that you wanted to do in the past, looking forward to in the future. You're never really there. So be there, practice being there so you can enjoy it. And so while I was pregnant, I felt I had to protect Blaze from Thomas and from myself. And now that he's here, it's as if almost feels like he has to protect him from me. And sometimes I feel like I need to protect him from me. And this was the part during the pregnancy where I was really unsure. It wasn't just my mental health before going into pregnancy. It was also my mental health post birth things shifted in different ways it was as if I was being triggered from Thomas and it was directly related to my childhood so what's happening is when I would get upset with Blaze, the first time I got upset with Blaze, I was nursing and he bit my nipple and I remember he did this when I was... when when he was just born, when well, we were both reborn, when we were both just reborn, maybe within the first... No! He did not do this, I am mistaken. My breasts were really painful because They were just filling up, filling up, filling up, and because Blaze was eating so much, and it was painful for him to eat, it was painful, and I would cry, I would cry, but I knew I had to keep nursing and feeding him. even though it was kind of making things worse because my breast wanted to keep filling up. It's like they didn't know what to do. There was so much abundance there, so much abundance from my body that I still have. I still have this breast milk. It's been so hard for me to let it go. I'm so thankful, feeding and nurturing my baby for over four years now. And yeah, he doesn't get much now, a couple minutes a week. but he's only drank from my breasts. He's only drank milk from my breast, and that's our connection. That's our connection. I don't wanna lose that. I wanna keep that. I wanna make sure we are emotionally connected before I disconnect that physical connection we have. Which is also emotional, as we do have emotional react. We do have an emotional attachment. I just want to really feel it. I want to really feel it. I want to know that Blaze can feel it, and then I feel it's safe to move on from nursing. back to my breasts being painful it was really difficult to nurse during that period and then my breasts finally finally figured themselves out with blazes wanting and needing now I suppose it's just wanting maybe then it was just it was just needing maybe I'm slowly tailoring Tailoring out in the beginning, it's mostly need, some want. And then it goes to wanting, 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 some need. Maybe that's what I'm trying to close up the gap on. It doesn't actually need it anymore. He may want it, but I can give that to him through hugs and other loves, through how I emotionally respond with him. So that's why it feels like right now he still needs it, just a sliver, but we're getting there. I can feel it, we're almost there. And so it wasn't till months down the road I think when we were on the road traveling in our camper that I got upset with him for the first time when he bit my nipple and ever since then I've been getting more and more upset with him that one physical pain moment just kept growing with me and affecting my relationship with my son and with my partner ultimately. So bringing it back to the epiphany, as I got more and more angry with Blaze, his papa, my partner, Thomas, got more and more angry with me. And so, there I am triggered by the physical pain of Blaze and feeling emotionally in pain because of it. Get more and more upset. Because I'm going good trigger for my stuff. And now that's coming out as anger. And now Thomas is triggered from his stuff and that's coming out as anger. So he is trying to heal that anger. He's trying to heal that that experience he had losing his father a few years later. Angry new father. And there he is, from one trauma to the next. Papa dying, trauma. Mama emotionally dying, trauma. New father, who's angry, trauma. And this went on, of course it went on. He couldn't look at himself. He looked at books. Very intelligent man. Just like Thomas. Can't say what his biological father was like because I never met him. But this man, Stanley, I met this man, and he was the one person who made me feel included in the family gatherings. The one person. The one adult, I will say. The one adult. I felt so on the outside of everything. And he would talk to me. And I really appreciated him for that. I really did. I felt so out of place. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. I do the same thing to outsiders. I understand that. And I relate to you on that level. I'm sorry that your anger kept you from getting close to your children. Thomas and his brother and the three boys that you and Nancy had. I'm so sorry. You did your best. You did your best. And the grandchildren loved you. They love you. Mm -hmm. And thank you for being the first with Nancy to come visit our son. Thank you. I don't think you travel very far or very often at that time in your life. You came to see us. It's only 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I had to sit in traffic on the way, on the way into Austin. Thank you. Thank you for caring about your newest grandson. Thank you for showing up as a very loving grandfather. I am glad Blaze got to meet you. And then you died when he was eleven days old. He didn't even get to know you. to know your love. And now I'm showing up in Thomas' life the way you did. And I'm angry. And now Blaze is the little Thomas. And he just wants to protect him from me. Just like maybe he protected his brothers from you. And you are a beautiful person too. Thanks for wanting to get to know me. Thanks for meeting Blaze. Thank you for doing your best with Thomas and his brothers. Now I need, I need your help. Help me do it better than you did. Help me do it way better than you did. And I say that in the most loving way. Because I love my son and I love Thomas and I wanna make it better. I wanna make it the best life. I wanna make it the best life. Not this one that I'm serving right now. I'm serving out and I'm serving. A sentence it feels sometimes. But it's a life. I want to serve happy. I want to serve love. I want to serve peace. I want to serve harmony. I need your help. Please help me. Please help me do it better, do it the best. Please help me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that was the main epiphany. Thomas is holding on to our son, who's growing at a very slow rate. It's as if we both are really healing through our baby and he needed to stay this small size so we could figure it out. So we need to help him grow now. It's time for him to grow and blossom and be that flower for the world. He's a trailblazer. We need to move to the next step. Letting our baby grow and heal from that youth, that young, young, young youth, very beginning youth. It's time for us both to let him grow, let him go. Let that child in us go. That child in us is healed. That child in us needs to go play now. That child in us needs to go have fun. That child in us can smile now and be happy. That child in us is free. Let go, let go. And epiphany number two, to put it into words, <sighs> something about Me continually, continually pushing Thomas and Blaze away, the two people I love the most, and looking for anywhere in my past where I felt even a moment of safety, multiple moments of safety in past friendships, past relationships. And holding on to that in an unhealthy way. It's okay to have love with those people. Which I do and I recognize that. And I think I am finally coming to a place where I can I can love the safety I felt in those people. I can love those people. And I have enough love still for Thomas and Blaze. I don't have to look one direction or the other. I can look in all those directions simultaneously. I can still love those people. It doesn't take away from my love from Thomas and Blaze. And that is where a lot of my pain has been coming from too, I realize, is Trying to take all of Thomas's love. So feeling jealousy with exes, or sometimes just random women. He just wants to feel loved too. And he has a lot of love to offer. And he does look every direction for that love. He can look at all of it at the same time. He is capable. He is pure. And I see that in you. Thank you for showing me that that love does not have to be just for one person. It's okay, you don't have to feel shame or guilt. You can continue loving all the people you've ever loved and still love all the people in your present life. Everyone in the past is connected to your present life and your love just kept growing. Thank you for showing me that i felt so much shame and guilt feeling like i can't love everyone simultaneously but i can and you've shown me that and i'm sorry i was jealous because of that i was jealous i felt jealousy i felt it was a feeling yeah and it became my being i was But no longer. I did feel that way. And I don't want to feel that anymore. We have love to give to everyone. It's exponential. It's infinite. It's not just for one person. Thank you for that. Epiphany number two is being so loving. Epiphany number three, I suppose ties in, but everything is connected, isn't it? And that is how You challenged me to be a better person in those moments of jealousy, in my moments of frustration with you or other people, mainly. I say mainly, you probably say mainly other people. Oh, you get frustrated with me quite a lot, sweetie. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know what you would say. They were just popping in and I wanted to say it. Nah, you wouldn't say that. That was my doubtful, self-blaming mind, my critical mind. You would say something more loving and I've played this game with you before Why I say, oh, were you thinking dot, dot, dot you say, no you say, no, I wasn't thinking that at all and then you say something so loving and I'm always so surprised because I thought you were sitting over there hating on me being annoyed because of something I said or did. And that wasn't the case at all. You were thinking something loving. Because you have so much love in you. I have so much self hate. Perhaps we're opposite extremes in that way. You're teaching me how to love myself as well. You and Blaze are my greatest teachers. I used to be that person, too. I remember hearing that. Eric from the Netherlands. He would say, you have so much love to offer. He said that. And I felt so loving. I was just traveling around by myself, finally focusing on myself, carefree, carefree. Finally, it felt like I was loving myself, doing what I wanted to be doing. And at that point, I had so much love to offer. It was so true. And now I feel like I barely have any love for myself which is why I'm so appreciative of having the weekends now. Thank you, Thomas. I need this. And maybe I just need more, more charging time than other people. Or maybe, no, maybe people need it just as much as I do. Lots of people. And I want them to get it. I want them to do everything they can in a loving way to get that time for themselves as well I need more I need more than this I'm discovering I'm still having some difficult moments with blaze during the week they don't happen nearly as often but they happen and I don't want that because we all need to feel safe we all need to feel safe which I've decided needs to be part of the Constitution. The right to feel safe. And that's a big umbrella of stuff. From finances to mental health. So basic under safety is food and shelter. Okay, we hit that on the mark. Good job, everyone's doing a great job with that. Still homeless people out there. And I do mean that everyone's doing a great job. That was was a true statement. That was, in my opinion, but true from my heart. Everyone's doing so much. Basic is food and shelter. and We still have people that don't have shelter and some don't have food. And in other parts of the world, they don't have either. Or they have shelter and no food. This is basic. This is basic. Safety. Basic for safety to live a life. Live a fruitful, abundant life. Or can you live abundantly if you're starving? Do starving people live abundantly. Is that possible if they have that mindset of abundance? If they had the mindset of abundance, they would have an abundance of food though. So is it possible if you are starving, do not have a home to ever feel abundant? It seems if you felt abundant, you would have those things. How is it possible? Is it possible? If you are struggling to survive, can you have a happy mindset? Let's think about that. For the people who don't have food, for the people who don't have shelter, for the people who don't have both, for the people living in the woods, on the streets, under bridges, is it possible for them to feel abundant I am not certain that it is how is it possible is it possibly maybe that's how they get out of it they can start to think positively is that how it happens because I cannot imagine when all you're thinking about is where you're going to sleep if you're going to be safe that night in the place where you choose to sleep and where your next meal is coming from, or maybe you're thirsty for water or alcohol. You just want to forget about all of those other things. You don't want to have to think about where you are going to get your next place of residence and whether or not it's going to feel safe. And you don't want to have to think about how you're going to get your next meal, whether you're going to have to beg for money, steal some food, talk to a stranger that's scared of you. That most likely isn't going to make eye contact with you. It's probably gonna ignore you. yeah, I would fucking want to drink too. So would I. And lately, the thought of alcohol makes me sick. but I'd be fucking drinking with you. <laughs> yeah, we all would. So if you're able to think in abundant terms after going through all that shit, brah, fucking oh, brah. Basic, basic food and shelter to feel safe. And you know, they came out with these shelter first, which is amazing because they didn't want you. They didn't want you to have to think about all that stuff and try to work on your mental health. Thank you for those nonprofits that do that. And maybe government companies that do it as well. I know the VA does that. Thank you, VA. For sheltering first. And not seeing whether people are drinking or drugging. Not seeing if they're trying to survive in other ways. Just trying to get through every day. Not making that a requirement to whether or not someone can have the right to have a home. Thank you. Well, we can't stop there. We're trying, we're trying with this case management, trying to get out there. That was my internship. that case management with the VA. And I could feel that it wasn't enough. I could feel it. These people were still suffering. You gave them food and you gave them shelter and you even gave them money every month. Some of them. Some of them still don't have an income and they're expected to pay at least fifty dollars in rent every month how's that work where are they going to get that money sell their body harvest drugs air quote Most of them have, lots of them have a criminal record and are having a hell of a time getting a job. Most of them have mental health features. Most of them have nothing. They don't have anything. They disconnected from their families, lots of their friends. Their new friends are their new veteran friends who are in the same boat, using the same paddles. They're all using the same tools How are they supposed to get out of that boat and get to shore? The paddles aren't much thicker than toothpicks. And I'm not saying it's completely the government or non-government Companies to completely heal a person or do everything for them. I'm asking for holistic treatments. Because a lot of those people aren't going to be able to go outside of the food and shelter box. Okay, yes, I have everything I need, but no, they don't. Do they have a tribe? Not just people that are going through the same thing in the same boat. Can they support each other mentally? Can they purely love this person? Because a feeling of safety is a right. And within safety is pure love. How can anyone feel safe if they feel alone in the world? So back to epiphany number three. Thomas challenging me to be a better person. Better human. which sometimes can be so frustrating. Thank you for when I get frustrated, loving me in that and not getting in your head and getting frustrated with me, but actually loving me through that, me feeling you getting frustrated and loving me in that loving me, despite my fears with everything, the feeling of safety, you've been helping me try to acquire that all this time And I especially feel that when we smoke together, especially, and I want to be able to feel that. I want my, my calming system to feel that all day, every day. I want to feel safe, and if I feel safe, I know that other people are safe. They can exist in my world and I can still be safe. Thank you for showing me that. I'm sorry I reach out to other people for safety. Memories of safety that I've had with them. No, I don't need to apologize for loving other people and loving that feeling of safety. That's not what I mean. I mean, I understand now that I was reaching out to them because of love, wanting to feel love through safety, or safety through love. I understand that now. Thank you for trying to show me all this time. Safety when you're sober. Perhaps that's what sobriety is all about, waking up to life. Your sobriety is just about non-indulgence, In the things you're addicted to. It's about waking up to the meaning of life, which is all the 12 steps. Maybe each disciple was one of those steps since there were 12 of those, huh? Maybe so. Maybe we all need some 12-step in our life. We can get to the love, the apologies, the forgiveness, the tribe. And Thomas could tell you the rest of them. We all need some of that. We all need this 12 step program. It's life. It's life. It's life. It's a 12 step to how to life. How to live. How to sober. How to aware. How to be. How to exist. Twelve steps. Thank you, Thomas, and I love you so much. I'm so sorry I have a hard time showing you that. And I keep pushing you away. I'm so sorry I felt so scared the other day. you pumped the brakes. I'm so sorry it triggered me in such a bad way. And I couldn't open up to you. I felt so closed, so scared working on my feelings of safety, doing that right now. Being in the bathtub is my safe place, ironically. And I think it's because it reminds me of the womb. Even though there were moments I was not safe in the womb, but I was still connected to the universe. The universe was keeping me safe through all that chaos and trauma when I was in the womb. Thank you for helping me achieve this, this feeling of safety, this level of safety again. And I wanna have that all day, every day. Thank you for helping me get there. Thank you for being supportive. And I know that's all you want as well. That's all you want is that feeling of safety. Your father passed away. You were just a little baby. You lost that safety. You lost your mother at the same time emotionally. So here you are taking care of everyone at two and a half. Taking care of every adult in your life that had anything to do with this man. Taking care of everyone, trying to make everyone smile because you were dying inside. You need someone to make you smile. which you have finally figured out. I'm so proud of you for that. You know how to make yourself smile after experiencing all that. You're my hero. So your dad, your mom, and then Stanley Now you're recovering from all of that in this one relationship with me. You've already gotten it in your other relationships and now it's really intense. It's really intense in every way. And you still love me through all of that. Thank you. And I love you. I'm really working to show you that. Thanks for being such a great teacher. Thank you.